Not only should Walters be your spot before and after every Nats game, but also Walters is an avenue for cheaper Nats tickets. When buying tickets to Nationals Park through the rest of the season, enter promo code WALTERS for 30% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The 2-2. Swing a long drive left center field. This is way, way back there. Vargas at the wall looking up, and it is gone. Towering two-run homer for Alec Baum. Pitch. So we had a fly ball left field deep. Vargas to the warning track. At the wall. He leaps and it's gone. It's 11-1, Phillies. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive deep right. Thomas back, way back. Going, going, gone. Goodbye. It's a grand slam for Kyle Schwarber. It's still daytime, but it's been a nightmare in Philadelphia for the Nationals this afternoon. Eight runs home here in the bottom of the fifth. It's now the Phillies 19 and the Nationals 4. And welcome to Nat Chat for Sunday, July 2nd, 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the show. Lucky him. <laughs> Boy, did he pick a good show for which to be off. The Nationals on Saturday got smashed, got demolished. A 19-4 loss at the Philadelphia Phillies on Saturday in game two of a three-game series. And yes, I did say 19-4. The Nats on Friday night won at the Phillies 2-1 in game one. The Nats on Saturday got uh, routed at the Phillies 19-4 in game two. Uh, do not forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the show, contact the show, and order a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. Uh, also, if you have like 20 seconds to spare, please consider giving this podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The five-star ratings help out the podcast a lot. Uh, also, please consider writing a review of the podcast saying that you like it. Uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts and uh, the reviews uh, help out the podcast a lot. So thank you very much for doing the uh, ratings and the reviews. So Saturday's Nats loss really was one of those games that's a uh, stiff, not so pleasant reminder of what the Nats are. And uh, that, of course, is a rebuilding team. Friday night's game was a peek at what the Nats hopefully will be when the rebuild is complete. But Saturday's game was like a bucket of cold water. The Nats now are 33 and 49 with a run differential of minus 76. So let's get to what mattered the most from this game from a Nats perspective. Mackenzie Gore 
he had his worst start of this season. There is no sugarcoating this. Uh, There is no dancing around this, okay? Gore had his worst start of the season. Something that had been very encouraging with Mackenzie Gore was the avoidance of the blow-up start. He had had some bad starts, yes, but the true blow-up start, you know, the kind of start that wrecks your earned run average, Gore really had not had that this season until Saturday. Saturday was very much a blow-up start for Mackenzie Gore. He allowed seven runs in two and two-thirds innings. Uh, He gave up six hits, a homer, two doubles, and three singles. He issued three walks and a hit by pitch. He had three strikeouts. Uh, He threw 64 pitches, 37 strikes versus 27 balls. Gore in the bottom of the second allowed a run, but he completely unraveled in what ended up being a six-run third inning for the Phillies. And this was rough. Gore issued a leadoff five-pitch walk of ex-Nat Kyle Schwarber. Gore then issued a five-pitch walk of another ex-Nat Trey Turner. Gore then gave up a single by Nick Castellanos to left field to load the bases with no outs. Gore then failed to cover first base on a bases-loaded RBI fielder's choice grounder by another ex-Nat Bryce Harper, preventing the possibility of a double play. No balls and a strike. Gore ready. He delivers. Swinging a ground ball to the first baseman. Smith has it. He'll throw to second for one, and no one's covering first. So that's all they'll get. Gore just standing there in front of the mound. Now in a catcher's crouch. Never moved to cover first. Shortstop C.J. Abrams, upon getting the force out at second base, essentially threw his hands up as if to say, what's going on here? But yeah, Gore, for whatever reason, did not cover first base. May have thought that uh, the first baseman, Dominic Smith, was going to throw home on the play. But whatever, you can't just assume that. And Mackenzie Gore ended up like squatting and was just kind of, you know, holding still and not covering first base. So that was tough. And Gore, to his credit, during his postgame session with reporters, did take blame uh, for not covering first base there. That's kind of what, you know, we talk about doing little things right, and that just, I mean, that can't happen. But Gore, in this inning, then gave up a one-out RBI single by JT Realmuto on a bloop to center field for a 3-1 Phillies lead. Okay, some bad luck there. Uh, Gore then gave up a one-out RBI sack fly by yet another ex-Nat, Josh Harrison, for a 4-1 Phillies lead. Gore then gave up a two-out, two-run homer by Alec Bohm to left center field for a 6-1 Phillies lead. Gore then issued a two-out, nine-pitch walk of the Phillies' number eight batter in Mundo Sosa, despite Sosa having been down in the count at 1.12. That walk of Sosa was brutal. And Gore then gave up another run-scoring hit, a two-out RBI double by Kristen Pache to left field for a 7-1 Phillies lead. Nats manager Davey Martinez and the Nats director of athletic training, Paul Lassard, then visited the mound. And then that ended up being it. Davey removed Gore from the game. Now, it stood out that Lassard came out to the mound in addition to Davey. Uh, Davey, during his postgame session with reporters, said that Mackenzie Gore is dealing with a blister doesn't seem to be a big deal, but Davey also said that Lassard had not yet fully examined Gore. Uh, This was Davey on whether the blister was a factor in Mackenzie Gore allowing six runs in that bottom of the third. He kept saying he was fine. He was fine. So, um, like I said, I mean, look, he's a, he's a kid that just wants to compete. You know, he doesn't want to ever get taken out. You know, when I saw that, you know, I said, we, we're going to take you out. So you looked at. Uh, so I'll talk to him again, you know, tomorrow, see how he's doing. 
Then this was Mackenzie Gore during his post-game session with reporters on Saturday evening on the blister. Always kind of something I deal with. So yeah, yeah, I'm fine. That had nothing to do with, you know, what happened. So. All right, so no excuses for Mackenzie Gore. We know that he's very hard on himself, and I actually like that about him. Now, you don't want to be too hard on yourself, but Mackenzie Gore is not an excuse maker, and I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Gore now in this regular season, 17 starts, ERA of 448. Yeah, just like that, Gore now has an ERA of 448. His ERA via this outing on Saturday went from 389 to 448. His whip now is at 147. He's putting a good number of guys on base. Now, there is an element of bad luck to this because he has allowed a sky-high BABIP, a sky-high batting average on balls in play. The Mackenzie Gore BABIP allowed for this regular season, that was at 348. You know, I mentioned that RBI single by JT Riomuto with one out in the six-run third. That's a classic Babbitt hit. You know, a bloop to center field ends up putting the Phillies up 3-1. There have been a good number of hits like that one by Riomuto uh, off Gore this season. So again, some bad luck, but still he's putting a good number of guys on base. And the strikeouts have started to tick down a bit as well. That had been something that was so good about Mackenzie Gore earlier this season. Him striking guys out at an exceptional rate. That strikeouts per nine innings for Mackenzie Gore has ticked down. Still is in double-digit territory on the season. Uh, Gore strikeouts per nine innings for the regular season is at 10.9. But that strikeouts per nine innings number for Mackenzie Gore had been higher as of, you know, just a few weeks ago. So Mackenzie Gore on Saturday got roughed up, and then three Nats relievers on Saturday got roughed up. For the game, five Nats relievers and a position player (laughs) combined to allow 12 runs in five and a third innings, but it was the Nats' first three relievers in the game who allowed the 12 runs. Amos Willingham, Joe LaSorsa, and Thaddeus Ward. Uh, Those three guys on Saturday combined to allow 12 runs in two and a third innings. Yes, 12 runs in two and a third innings. This was batting practice of these guys. The Phillies in this game scored 18 runs over the third through fifth innings. Six runs in the third, four runs in the fourth, and eight runs in the fifth. Uh, Mackenzie Gore was at fault for the six runs in the third, but uh, the law firm of Willingham, LaSorsa, and Ward were responsible for those 12 runs over the fourth and fifth innings. Uh, Amos Willingham, he allowed four runs in one and a third innings. He and the four-run Phillies fourth gave up two two two-run homers, a two-run homer by Nick Castellanos to center field for a 9-1 Phillies lead, and a two-out, two-run first pitch homer by Alec Bohm to left field for an 11-1 Phillies lead. Now, Nat center fielder Derek Hill nearly made an outstanding home run saving catch on the Castellanos homer, uh, but uh, the catch was not made. And Willingham, like I said, giving up two two-run homers in that four-run Phillies fourth. Then we had the Joe LaSorsa show. Uh, he officially allowed four runs in one-third of an inning. He in the eight-run Phillies fifth faced five batters and got just one out. And then Thaddeus Ward officially allowed four runs in two-thirds of an inning. He in the eight-run Phillies fifth faced six batters and got just two outs. Uh, and Ward gave up a homer. And uh, this was some homer. Thaddeus Ward gave up a two-out grand slam 
by Kyle Schwarber to right field for a 19-4 Phillies lead. You know, the grand slam by Schwarber was like somebody's idea of a twisted joke. The Nats already were down 15-4. And then Schwarber hits this grand slam to make an already absurd score even more absurd. You know, like 15-4 is bad enough. You didn't need the grand slam, but you got the grand slam. And that put the Nats down 19-4. But you look at these three guys, Amos Willingham, Joe Lasorsa, and Thaddeus Ward. Amos Willingham just got called up. The Nats this past Monday evening, June 26, selected the contract of Willingham from AAA Rochester. Joe Lasorsa, he's a waiver claim. The Nats on June 8th announced that they had claimed Lasorsa off waivers from the Tampa Bay Rays. And Thaddeus Ward is a Rule 5 pick. Uh, the Nats this past December 7th took Ward uh, with the number one pick in the Major League phase of the 2022 Rule 5 draft. So Amos Willingham, Joe Lasorsa, and Thaddeus Ward, all guys whose backgrounds suggest that uh, struggles are possibilities, okay? Now look, a lot of bullpens are built on the backs of guys who are, you know, recent call-ups slash waiver claims slash even Rule 5 picks. I mean, you do see guys obtained via various scrap heap means pitch well for good teams' bullpens, but you also can see guys of that nature struggle. And man, did we see that in this game on Saturday. Uh, this was tough with Willingham, Lasorsa, and Ward. Now, the rest of the Nats' relief pitching effort on Saturday actually was fine. Jose A. Ferrer, made his Major League regular season debut, and he did well. He tossed a perfect bottom of the six. So the Nats on Friday afternoon recalled Ferrer, a lefty from AAA Rochester, and actually put starting pitcher Patrick Corbin on the bereavement list, uh, although Corbin uh, was not scheduled to start a game in this three-game series at the Phillies. But Jose A. Ferrer, the Nats in July 2017 signed Ferrer as a non-drafted free agent out of the Dominican Republic. Uh, This season is his age 23 season. He last season pitched well for low A Fredericksburg and high A Wilmington and actually was selected to participate in the 2022 All-Star Futures game, which is the All-Star game for minor league baseball. Uh, Now, Ferrer this season wasn't exactly killing it for AAA Rochester. 34 games, 40 innings, an ERA of 383, a whip of 155, a strikeouts per nine innings of 7.4. But, you know, the Nats are not exactly overflowing with bullpen options who are major league ready uh, in the minors. And it's worth noting that another lefty reliever in the Nats organization, our guy Sean Doolittle, uh, he now is out with injury for Rochester. Uh, Davey Martinez on Friday afternoon in his pregame session with reporters revealed that Doolittle had suffered a right knee patellar tendon strain. Uh, this with Doolittle already trying to come back from a major left elbow injury. But anyway, Jose A. Ferrer on Saturday, perfect bottom of the sixth. Corey Abbott uh, then tossed a scoreless bottom of the seventh. And then, yes, we did get the position player pitching, Ildemaro Vargas, uh, who was the Nats starting left fielder in this game. He tossed a perfect bottom of the eighth, only threw eight pitches, seven of which were strikes. So an efficient, perfect inning by Ildemaro Vargas. But, you know, we have danced this dance many times these last few seasons. You know, a Nats position player pitching. As I've said multiple times, the joke is no longer funny, okay? (laughs) Even though I just laughed right there. But we've seen this too much, all right? This has happened way too often over these last three seasons, a Nationals position player pitching. And yet we had that uh, on Saturday. Hey, Nat Chef Podcast. The other night, my parents were at the Braves game. They live in Atlanta. What do you want from me? 
Anyhow, my mom texted me afterwards. She saw four guys stroll in, and one of them was wearing bird dogs. She said by far he looked the best of anyone in his group of friends. Bird dogs fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, and I believe it based upon customer reviews. Go to birddogs.com pool and enter promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com pool for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. They promise you. Hey, NatChat Podcast. Tim Shover is here to tell you about the Game Time app. I got a text recently from a good friend of mine whose daughter is really into Harry Potter and wants to be there on Saturday, July 8th for Harry Potter Day against the Texas Rangers. They aren't the biggest sports fans to begin with, so I directed him to the Game Time app and told him what was the best move. Now he will be behind the Nats dugout for a reasonable price, all by simply logging on to the Game Time app. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you would know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code NATSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code NATSCHAT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now the pitch swung on, lined into right center field. That's going to be hit for Abrams, and it's going to split the outfielders and go to the wall. Heading for third is Vargas. He hits the bag, makes the turn. He's coming in to score. Abrams speeding to third, slides in without a play. Throw coming into the third baseman, Sosa. After he's up on his feet from a pop-up slide. So C.J. Abrams has his third triple of the year. Ildemar Vargas on Saturday, in addition to pitching, did also have two hits. He was an ad starting left fielder at number seven batter. He went two for four with two singles, uh, each of which came on a one-two pitch. The Nats for the game, four runs, 10 hits, no walks. The Nats pitching is why they lost this game, but two things with the Nats offense as compared to the Phillies offense, home runs and walks. The Nats on Saturday got out-homered by the Phillies 4-1. The Nats for this regular season have 66 home runs. The Phillies have 90 home runs. That the Nats don't hit a lot of home runs is something we all know by now. But, you know, I don't think it's something that we should just forget about and stop talking about. Like, this is a big deal that the Nats don't hit home runs. And uh, this really stood out in this game on Saturday. And then also on Saturday, the Nats zero walks to the Phillies five. This is something that we've been talking about more and more on the podcast. And I think justifiably so. You know, the Nats for this regular season have a major league worst 204 walks. The Phillies have 253 walks, which isn't even that great of a total, but that's still 49 more walks than the Nats have. You know, I'm not breaking news by saying this, okay, but the Nats need more firepower in their lineup. This stuff about making contact and putting balls in play, that's fine, okay? I mean, that's swell if you make contact and put balls in play, but Home runs and walks are better. The Nats need more guys who hit home runs and draw walks. People love to knock the modern way of baseball with the three true outcomes, home runs, walks, and strikeouts. But the truth is that the three true outcome phenomenon is a phenomenon for a reason. And that reason is because 
that methodology works. That methodology leads to good offense. And that's not to say that you shouldn't try to make contact and that you shouldn't try to put balls in play, but walks put batters on bases and walks drive up pitch counts and home runs are the most efficient way of scoring in baseball. And so if you as a team are not drawing walks and are not hitting home runs, you're going to have a really hard time scoring runs no matter how many balls you put in play, no matter how many singles that you generate. And so this is, I think, the number one thing on which the Nats as a team must improve. And I know that they know this, okay? Again, I'm not breaking news by saying these things, but it really does like slap you across the face when you watch a game like this one on Saturday. The Phillies hit homers and draw walks. The Nats do not hit homers and do not draw walks. And uh, those realities are big time problems. And speaking of the Nats not hitting homers and not drawing walks, a guy uh, who has not had a good season in those departments of home runs and walks, Joey Manessis. You know, it's worth noting, Davey Martinez on Saturday gave Joey Manessis another day off. Manessis has had uh, more than a few days off here lately. And Manessis had a really rough June. Uh, he, for the month of June, had a batting average of just 238 and on base percentage of just 278 and a slugging percentage of just 321. So hopefully the day off did Joey Manessis some good here. Now, I mentioned that the Nats did have a homer on Saturday. They did. And the homer came from Dominic Smith, of all people, a guy who has become almost emblematic of the Nats not hitting homers and not drawing walks this season. But good for Dominic Smith for hitting a homer on Saturday. Uh, he is the Nats starting first baseman and number five batter, one for four with a solo homer. Uh, Dominic Smith and the Nats one run second, a one out solo homer to right field on a one two pitch for a one nothing Nats lead. Yeah. <laughs> The Nats in this game actually held a one nothing lead, then ended up being outscored over the course of the rest of the game, 19-3. But Dominic Smith had the solo homer. Uh, it also was good to see C.J. Abrams have a big RBI hit. Abrams on Saturday as the Nats starting shortstop and number eight batter, two for four with an RBI triple and a single. Abrams in the Nats three-run fifth, a one-out RBI triple to the right center field gap to cut the Nats deficit to 11-2. Also in that three-run Nats fifth, Luis Garcia, two-out RBI double to right field to cut the Nats deficit to 11-4. He is the Nats starting second baseman and number two batter on Saturday, one for four with that RBI double. Lane Thomas had a multi-hit game. He is the Nats starting right fielder and number one batter, two for five with an RBI single, another single, and two strikeouts. Thomas in the Nats three-run fifth, a two-out full count opposite field, RBI single to right field to cut the Nats deficit to 11-3. It is on Sunday, by the way, that we will find out who from the Nats made the uh, National League All-Star team. Uh, Lane Thomas, obviously a major candidate. Another would be Jamer Candelario. He on Saturday as an at starting third baseman and number three batter, one for three with a single. But yeah, I mean, you know, you have these positives and you have these things that you do want to highlight if you're a Nats fan or a Nats observer. But, you know, you feel almost silly <laughs> breaking up some of these run scoring hits by the Nats in a game that the Nats lost 19-4. You know, it's like, hey, Abrams had an RBI triple, cut the deficit to 11-2. It's like, <laughs> okay, fine. These blowout losses are rough, you know, and we all have dealt with them these last few seasons with the Nats. What had been good, though, was that the Nats had been avoiding the blowout loss. Lately, we have seen a decent number of blowout losses, you know, just working backwards here. You had the 19-4 loss at the Phillies on Saturday. You had an 8-4 loss at the Seattle Mariners this past Monday. You had that 13-3 loss 
at the San Diego Padres uh, now two Fridays ago, June 23rd. He had a 9-3 loss to the St. Louis Cardinals on June 20th. You had a 10-5 loss to the Arizona Diamondbacks on June 6th. You had an 11-3 loss uh, to the Phillies on June 4th. It feels like we have seen more of uh, the blowout loss here lately. So that's something that you certainly don't want to see more of. I mean, when the Nats were going all right earlier this season, one of the things that we talked about was, hey, even the losses are close, you know, competitive games, uh, a stark difference from what we had last season when the Nats had, remember, not just the worst record in the majors, but also the worst run differential in the majors for the 2022 regular season. Well, you know, you're starting to creep back into that territory of not just losing a good bid, but losing by a lot a good bid. And that's obviously a bad combination. Uh, Although, remember, the Nats entered Saturday having won five of the team's previous six games. So look, if Trevor Williams pitches well on Sunday afternoon and the Nats get a win, A, they win the series, and B, you know, what happened on Saturday, as ugly as it was, could end up being uh, just a mere hiccup, a mere blip on the radar en route to a nice conclusion for the pre-All-Star break portion of the Nats season. We'll see. I mean, this is baseball, right? You win 2-1 on Friday night, you get ravaged 19-4 less than 24 hours later on Saturday. That is the nature of the beast. But game three at the Phillies Sunday afternoon, 135. Trevor Williams will be the Nats starting pitcher. You tell us what you think. Hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, Nats chat podcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the show, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, hit up Tim Shover, see what we can do for you. Again, that email address is natschatpodcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. A thank you to Tim Newmark for the music of the Nats Chat Podcast. Check out his site, timnewmark.com. That chat is on the radio Sunday mornings, 11 to 12 on ESPN Richmond, which is 106.1 FM in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area and ESPNRichmond.com online. I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. The 1 De La Cruz hits it high in the air to left. This is deep and it's over Simon's head rolling against the wall. This will score two. Lawson in. McHenry right behind him. And CDLC has put an exclamation point on a big inning for the Fred Nats, who now lead it 5-3.